Baptist Church in Kingsville. And uh, starting from 9 to 6, 7 o'clock through Wednesday night. And uh, you can't come, be with us, please pray for us tonight. So we do have a little busy spell here. We're just glad to be doing what God has called us to do. Does anybody have a request? Anything you'd like to pray about real quick before we get into the message? Everybody remember John Johnson and his family? John Johnson lost his wife uh, from Mount Zion. Everybody knows Big John. He's from Savannah. And his wife died suddenly. She's uh, first diagnosed with cancer and uh, found it all in her lip nose. And the other day, she just, uh, her blood pressure dropped real bad. And John called the ambulance and they, she just died suddenly. I think she had either had a massive heart attack or, or a, a, a blood clot went through her lungs. or not for sure, but. Uh, She's, she's pretty young, so so remember them. Remember John and his two kids, Jamie and John Neal. Remember them. Jerry, let's pray for Jerry. He's recovering for his surgery again. Is that right? Do you have another surgery? Thursday. Yeah. Surgeries are taxing on the body, man. most of the time, but he's, he's my boy, and I'm proud of him today. Let's open our Bibles now to the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 2, and uh, I want to just read a few verses in your hearing. These verses have been on my heart for a few days now, and I thought I would preach this up at the camp meeting in uh, North Carolina, but it seemed like God steered us away from it as we were uh, in the services up there. Um, but I do want to share these verses with you, and I feel like it's fitting for uh, this church and even for my family. I, I, I've used this text before, and I do want you to pray for us and uh, ask God's blessings on the reading and preaching of His Word. Exodus chapter 2. Uh, let's back up in chapter 1, verse number 20. Let's start in verse 20, and then we'll get uh, down in the chapter. I'm not going to read a lot, but I will read some. If you're here today. Exodus 1 verse 20. Therefore God dealt well with the midwives. And the people multiplied and waxed very mighty. Now, and it came to pass because the midwives feared God that he made them houses. And Pharaoh charged all his people saying, Every son that is born you shall cast into the river. And every daughter you shall save alive. Chapter number two now. And there went a man of the house of Levi and took to wife a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could not longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein. And she laid it in the flags by the river brink. 
And his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river, and her maidens walked along by the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept. And, uh, she, and she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to them a nurse of the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for me? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. The maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it, and the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son, and she called his name Moses. And then the Bible says, and, and she said, Because I drew him out of the water. Our Father who art in heaven, we thank you so much for your holy writ. God, we pray that you will bless the reading, preaching of your word, and God, I know that you have burdened my heart to use these verses again. And I pray you'd help your servant to preach, thus saith the Lord. Lord, I thank you, God, for all that you do. Thank you for all that you have done. And I pray, God, that you'd let me preach in the demonstration of your Holy Spirit, God. Have your will and way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This morning, I want to gather our thoughts and just sit down for just a minute uh, on these verses, preaching uh, on uh, the subject of building an ark. I want to preach on we're building an ark. Um, now I know that this is not the ark that Noah built, uh, but this is just a singular ark. It is just an ark that carried one, one soul, one baby, uh, and kept it safe. And, uh, and so uh, I see the river there. I see the flags by the river. I see the, uh, the slow-moving waters of uh, maybe... Uh, the Nile, and I see uh, this being a, a troublesome time for the people of Israel. Now let's let's paint the picture for just a minute of what's taking place here in the book of Exodus. Now we know that uh, Moses has just been born in chapter number two, and his mother and dad uh, are taking care of him. And notice, flip back to chapter number six. I may. Uh, just give you a few references here for just a minute and then preach, uh, preach the message. But in chapter number 6, verse number 20, it gives the names of uh, uh, Moses' mother and dad. Watch this in verse number 20. And Amram took him Jochebed, his father's sister, to wife, and she buried Aaron and Moses. And the years of the life of Amram were in 130 Seven years old. So now we've got a family. We're putting some names together. Amram and Jochebed. Well, don't name your kids Jochebed. They'll be made fun of, okay? Uh, but what an odd name that these Bible pre uh, uh, characters have. And so Amram, Jochebed, they produce three children that we know of. One being the name of Aaron. The other one is Moses. And then they have a daughter by the name of Miriam. Miriam are the three kids of Amram and Jochebed. And, uh, and so we find that these people are living in troubled times. 
uh, the uh, Pharaoh is over Egypt and Joseph uh, uh, is died now and, and uh, the children of Israel are in hard bondage. We find them now uh, 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 rising up and doing uh, multiplying and, and being uh, great people. Look at verse number 9 in chapter number uh, uh, 1. And he said unto the people, <clears throat> the, uh, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Pharaoh says this, Come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply. And it come to pass that there followeth out any war that join also unto our enemies and fight against us. And so get them up out of the land. And so Pharaoh's afraid. <coughs> He's afraid that uh, the children of Israel are going to multiply more than the people of Egypt. And that they're going to rise up. And here's what he does. He passes a decree for all the Egyptian midwives to kill every male baby. Well, what a decree that was. And, uh, you know, the devil's always been against what's right. And he'll do whatever means he can to destroy even generations of people, generations to come that will set out and do God's work. And, uh, and so he passed that decree. And then the midwives we find here in chapter number one, they didn't kill them. And, and they would hide their children. And, uh, and so he passed another decree. He said, when you find a baby boy born unto the children of Israel, you throw him into the river. Well, what a wicked man that Pharaoh must have been. And I tell you, we're in that same shape right now in America. Abortion is, uh, is a, a vile, uh, wicked practice that is taking place in America today. Can, today. can I get an amen on that? <clears throat> any, any doctor, any nurse that can comply with that and say that it's just a blob or a mass uh, in that mother's belly, that it's not a living soul. Let me say this. Uh, the baby's not born, it's not alive at nine months. It's alive as soon as it's conceived. It is a living, breathing individual. And by the way, it's, it's got a triune being. It's got a body, it's got a soul, and it's got a spirit about it. It's alive just as much then in the mother's womb as it will ever be. And, and so here we find that Amram and Jochebed had had their children, Moses, had just been born. Aaron's there. There's Miriam. And they're hiding this newborn baby just three months of age. I was thinking about this as I was studying about the message. Emmett, our newborn now, he's just three months old. And I wondered why she couldn't uh, keep him a little bit longer. And I, and I, and I learned real quick uh, as uh, having a three-month-old again in my home, <clears throat> that thing's loud, all right? He cries when he doesn't get his way. And I can see Jochebed just baby in that, uh, holding that baby and uh, tending to that little baby. And she uh, realizes the decree and the situation she's in. And, and I, I see baby uh, Amram said, we can't hide him no more. If we don't get rid of him, he's going, they're going to kill our other two kids. We're in trouble. And I see these godly parents there uh, look and say, what are we doing? Maybe the tears that were shed and that mother holding that newborn three-month-old and said, I, I don't know what to do, God. Maybe she looked up to heaven uh, and said, God, uh, you've given me this baby. I don't want to destroy it. I don't want to cast it into the river. And all of a sudden, through wisdom and, and prayer, God gives her an idea. I'm going to make an ark for this little baby. And I'm going to build him 
I'm going to build him a little ark of the bulrushes. And I'm going to form it with my own hand. And don't you see, dear church, here's this lady there. She's, she's, she's in trouble and with bitter tears. And she makes this ark with fear. And with fear, she strikes out and starts protecting her child. I want to say this. Any mother that can throw their baby in a dumpster or in a trash bag is no mother at all. I, I mean, really, hey, be honest about it. These babies that are being born to these uh, uh, drug-addicted mothers and they throw that baby away for a hit of meth, a hit of cocaine, uh, for whatever reason it is and walk away from them. Uh, they need help is what they need. They need the power of the gospel to change their heart and their mind. I could never imagine doing that. But this lady was at a place she'd never been before. And I hear some of you say, I'd have just died and taken it there. But you don't know the love of the mother. She already had two children. And she had a family. And she says, but I've got to protect this child. And I want to say fear is a great motivator. Flip all the way back to Hebrews chapter number 11 there. Notice what the writer says in verse number 7. He says, by faith Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear and prepared an ark for the saving of his house. I want to say we're not building Noah's ark, but we're building an ark this morning. This lady, this man moved with fear to save that child. And I want to say, are you not afraid, dear church, about our next generation? I'm afraid for my kids of what they're going to have to go through. Can I just nod your head, <laughs> say amen, whatever? But I want to say, I'm afraid for my children. I'm afraid for what they're going to have to endure and go through. I as, uh, as the children of God. We're living in troubled times. Could you imagine living in China right now? Do you know right now the Chinese government has a law posted on every home, every heart, that if they're, they're only allotted one child per family because they're overpopulated over there. If they have more than one child and it's not a male uh, to enter into their military, they are automatically told that they have to abort that baby. I tell you what a wicked nation China uh, really is. And I want to say this today, uh, that God has blessed the family. God has blessed the home. And I tell you if there's something we need to fight for is the children uh, of our homes and of our family. Oh, dear friend, you say my children are grown and they're on their own. Doesn't mean you need to stop praying for them. Mean you need to take care of them and surround them by prayer. I'm telling you, we're building an ark today. We're to protect our babies and our children. I'll never forget this. My uncle Ernest told me this years ago. He died uh, almost being a hundred years of age. And uh, he had a wayward son that was on Lake Lanier one night. He was fishing with some buddies and they were drinking on the water. And uh, he said uh, the way the story went that his, his son uh, was knocked overboard in the middle of the night. And said he was uh, uh, he was uh, knocked over, and he knew that he was going to drown. He couldn't get back to the boat, no life vest. He was drowning there. And I uh, said Ernest woke up in the middle of the night, and he said uh, uh, he said all of a sudden the Holy Spirit of God said you need to pray for your boy. You need to pray for him that uh, he'll be safe and took care of. And Ernest said he got down beside his bed with his heart tore all to pieces and said God I don't know what this is about, but I 
I pray you'd protect my boy. Watch over him. And he said his son gave a testimony. Said when he knew he was going down for the last time. And he drew his last breath. His body was fatigued and he was going under. He said he felt a hand. I picked him up from the middle of that deep cold water of Lake Lanier. And put him back into the boat. He said I don't know whose hand it was. And Ernest said son what time of night was this? He said it was such and such time. He said that was the time. A God woke me up to pray for you. I'm telling you God. I built an ark around that boy that was old. Yeah it was out in sin. I believe this God can save our children and protect them in the time of trouble. Amen. Don't you believe that dear church? We're building an ark over our children and over our babies. You notice fear is a wonderful motivator to make people want to pray. Amen today. You get a mama and her baby is sick or in trouble. I've watched Gretchen take care of that little three-month-old of ours and doesn't feel maybe completely right. And she'll watch take she'll watch over him and take care of him and love on him like a godly mama ought to do. But I want to say this to David. We as God's people, when we get in fear for the lives of our children, it'll motivate us to pray for them that they'll do the work and the will of God. God, amen. And so we find that uh, this ark is made of fear. And then we find also uh, that it's made by faith. Do you notice this? Flip back to Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 7, uh, verse number 6 this time. Notice this. He says, But without faith it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he's the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I tell you, to build the ark of safety for our children today, we need to season their lives with prayer. I tell you, a life of faith goes a long way, does it not? Amen. It's the only life that will please God in heaven. Notice this. I imagine Amram and Jochebed as they took that baby, wiping tears from their eyes, knowing what was fixed to take place. They built that little ark. I mean, every little daub of mud was strategically placed. Every little, every little section was prayed over and loved over. You imagine the heart of that mother as she prayed over that baby, saying, God, I want to keep this child. I want this baby to be in my house and God knowing of the decree that was passed God knew the situation they were in she took I mean took that baby by faith and built it that ark and you imagine she put that baby down in that river well, her heart must have makes you want to cry on it she took that baby and put it in the ark and watched it go off until it got out of sight and knowing could you imagine that kind of heart and praying every step and God, I protect my boy. God, I don't want to do this, but I've got two others at home. God, protect that baby. But I tell you, when those kids get out on their own, they cannot fend for themselves. And mama's not there. Daddy's not there. I don't know how many times I've left the school parking lot there on Branch and at White Creek where all my son goes. I'd leave the parking lot realizing that they're on their own even though there's good people around them. And I'd say, oh God, watch care of my, watch and care for my children during the day. Deliver them from evil. Watch over them. I want to say today, that's what we need to do for our children in this generation today. I mean, pray for them when we 
we can't be there, but the God of heaven, I can dispatch an angel yonder in heaven, and when they get in trouble, they're fixed to trip over a little rock or something that might hold them back from being what God wants them to be. God dispatches that angel and moves it right out of the way just in the right time. Hallelujah to God. Thank God that God's everywhere. He's not just one place, but He's omniscient, He's omnipresent, and He cares for the needs of His people. Amen. I tell you, the greatest joy of my life has been raising my kids. I'm telling you, I wouldn't trade my kids for nothing. You mess with my kids, you've got a fight on your hand. I'm telling you, I'm going to take care of my babies. Someone said, why do you like them so much? They're good on your nerves. Yeah, they're just like their daddy. I get on folks' nerves too. Amen today. Notice this, it was an ark made of faith. But you know, who all made that ark was a family ark. <laughs> Don't turn me off now. You imagine Miriam there. Here's what the Bible says uh, there about Miriam. She uh, had just, uh, verse number four, and his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to her. She watched just a little ways off, and she said, uh, that's my baby brother going down the river. That's my baby brother. For three months, she watched Mama care for that baby, feed him, take care of him. She saw that he was a good little child. He looked good. He was a beautiful-looking baby. You imagine that sister, that broken heart, watching that little baby float down the river. She said, well, I'm, I'm wiry. I'm going to follow him behind. And I was speaking through the backside of the river, and I watched. If there's an alligator down there, I'd try to feed him away. And if there's a hippopotamus over here like they are over there, she said, I'll take care of it. I'll, I'll move him out of the way. Oh, my kids, I've watched them with my little baby Emmett. And Eli's like a grown man. I mean, he'll take care of him. And Sarah will hold him for a little while till she gets done with him, you know. But they'll sit around the dinner table. And there'll be Mama sitting on one end of the table. There'll be me here. There's Sarah right there. And there's Eli. And then Sarah will be the sweetest little thing. She'll say, Daddy, I'm so glad you and Gretchen had that baby. I love that little thing. I want to say building an ark is not just for mama and daddy. Brothers and sisters are involved too for that protection around that baby. And I tell you one thing growing up, when me and Les was growing up, you mess with one of us, you mess with both of us, amen. I want to say God's people want to stand for one another when they're in trouble. I want to say I stand for Mount Sinai Baptist Church today. You've been a family to me. You've helped make me what I am today. Thank God evermore for the Sinai Baptist Church. I tell you, I've got brothers and sisters scattered all over this country. I mean from here to North Carolina to Tennessee. And God has blessed me like I've never dreamed. I'm going to say I'm what I am because of all the family of God. Amen. You today are what you are because you've got brothers and sisters in Christ to help you and love you and take care of you in the work of God. Oh, don't you see this ark is built. It had to be flowed and it had to have the family. I'm hurrying. I'm almost done. Notice there it had to float because there was danger ahead. I tell you, I've been in a few boats. I bought a boat one time from a preacher. He said, oh, it's a good boat. You got to know the water a lot to drown. <laughs> that thing had a hole in it. 
I said, well, I won't buy nothing from that preacher no more. <laughs> oh, my soul. I'm telling you, listen, we've got a job of building an ark of taking care of our kids. Oh, how many times have you prayed over your children? Your grandchildren, oh God, let them take care of them. Let them do what you've called them to do. When they're sick and they're hurting and you've prayed over them, I'm telling you, God hears the prayers of His people. I tell you, there's nothing worse uh, than uh, having a boat that will not float, that will not work, an ark. I mean, this lady, she took care of every need that she could do. When she did all that she could do, she put it in the hands of of Almighty God. And when you've gone as far as you can go, all you can do is say, God, they're yours. They're yours. They're, they're your children. This You gave them to me. And there's going to come a day when my children move out on me and Gretchen and they'll grow old enough to raise uh, their own families. And I, I, my, my nanny always told me this. She said, when their babies are little, they're under your feet and they're always on your feet. She said, but when they get older, they grow up and they're out on their own. Uh, she says, then they're on your heart all the time. Uh, Papa always told us, he said, every day uh, before I, my feet hit the floor, uh, he said, I always pray for my children. Uh, I pray for my grandchildren uh, that God will take care of them. He said, there's not a day goes by uh, that I don't pray for my children. I'm, I'll tell you, it'd be a good habit for all of us to have. Amen. Amen. Our kids will prosper in life. They said this, Dr. James Dobson worked this on the family had a ministry. He has a ministry that reaches all the continents of the world. Did you know that? We've heard of Dr. James Dobson. I don't agree with all of his doctrine, but I agree with his ministry, what he's doing. And they said their testimony went like this. His, uh, uh, his daddy was a great big evangelist for many, many years back in the 40s and 50s. And they said that one day he got a phone call back home and he said, he said, uh, my, uh, well, mother in line, it was his wife. He said, uh, honey, you're going to have to quit going on the road all the time. You've got a wayward teenager back here who's in trouble, and I can't stop him. He's canceled all of his meetings for that month and that year, went back home to tend to his boy. And he said, I, and he got back there, and his boy started acting a little better, and he's hoping the phone would ring some more, and he'd, he'd get back to preaching like he was. And he said, not one time did the phone ever ring like it ever did. He said he sat on the, on the sidelines, raised his kids, raised his family, and he said he could never understand why in the world that his ministry never picked back up. And he said that he watched and prayed and waited and waited and said, God, I'm here. I want to be used by you. And according to his testimony, I said when his son grew up, I gave his life to God. And Dr. James Dobson is a product of waiting and praying for all those years. That old preacher sat down in the ministry and raised his kids to serve God. And that ministry that he wanted was not did not come out in his lifetime, but it came out in his children and his, his son that uh, preaches all over the world. Amen. I want to say this today. Your ministry right now may be in your home, maybe in your family. I pray for your kids and your grandkids. I tell you, it's worth every bit of it to see your kids grow up and do what God's called them to do. Amen. Amen. Can I get a witness on that? Notice this. I'm hurrying. I'm done. Notice 
that it was a boat or ark that floats, but it was also made for the freedom of the people. <laughs> you know the story of Moses. He's born there. He's, he's thrust out. Then he, that little old Pharaoh's daughter sees him. Her heart breaks. She hears that baby crying. And that mother inside of her, she said, I don't care if he's a Hebrew or not. That's a good-looking baby. I want him. She adopted this little boy and raised him as her own. And you know what happened by the eye of faith? She even called Mary and went back and told her mama, said, Pharaoh's daughter's got Moses down there. And she wants you to come here and raise him till he's weaned. Oh, could you imagine the joy that took place when Moses' uh, mother come running down there, that's my baby. And know that she, by faith, she took that baby to the river's brink and put him down in the river. And here she's got the call to come back. Not one time did that baby ever forget who mama really was. She raised him there till he's old enough to get into Pharaoh's house. I'm telling you, it was an act of God, a divine appointment to where this baby was to set people free. Amen. And he had a job not just in Amram and Jacobed's bed, uh, that bedroom there being hidden, put away. Uh, he didn't just have a job there, uh, but he had a job to be raised in Pharaoh's court uh, where he'd find out how Pharaoh really was. Uh, I want to tell you this, you don't know what we're raising in our arms right now. Uh, you could be raising the next preacher uh, or the next deacon, the next teacher, the next president. Uh, thank God, God's got a job uh, for all these people people to raise his kids. Amen. Amen. Today. Think about this. For the first 40 years, this man uh, Moses lived in Pharaoh's court. The next 40 years, he lived on the backside of the desert trying to find God's will. And then the next 40 years, for 120 years, the next 40 years, he's leading the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage. And this man was a leader from the get-go. You know, great leaders are born through great adversity. Right now, some of you kids, listen to me now. Your mama and daddy may be here. You don't know the things they went through to get you to where you are right now. Amen today. The sacrifices they've made. The other day I was thinking about this. Boy, I'd like to make a lot better money than what I've been making. You know, cattle prices is down. Jobs are sporadic at times. We've got work, thank God. But jobs are sporadic or have been through the past. And I looked up toward heaven and said, God, I'd like to have a little more for all the work I'm doing. My kids is eating it all. <laughs> I don't know. They eat like drunk people. And I come to the realization it's not about me and having nice. I don't need anything. <laughs> Man, I'm content with what I've got. I don't need a bigger home. I don't need finer cars. I tell you what I do need. I need my kids to know Daddy loves Jesus and He wants them to grow the knowledge and wisdom of God. I tell you, dear Christian, right now you're sitting here and I know memories are flooding your mind of how you sacrifice for your kids. Oh, my soul, you'd say, well, how are we going to make ends meet? How are we going to pay the bills? Now they're grown, and you look back, and all those things are old with. The struggle's over. Now there's a different struggle. There they are. They've got kids of their own. Then you've got grandkids. How are they going to make it? You walk around them and say, oh, there's that daughter or that son that say, I don't know how we're going to make it, Mom and Daddy. You put your arm around them and say, you'll make it. You'll be all right. 
I want to say this today to the family of Mount Sinai today. Put my arms around you this morning and say, we're going to make it. We're going to make it. It may be hard times. There may be times when people feel like they've turned their back on us. When nobody seems like they want to care anymore. I'm here to tell you today, thank God, we will make it. Amen. God, not one time has ever forsaken His people. He didn't forsake Amram Jochebed. He didn't forsake Miriam. He didn't forsake Aaron. He didn't forsake Moses. And thank God he'll not forsake us. Amen. Oh my soul. We're building an ark, aren't we? You know, building an ark is a dirty job. You imagine the mud was on her hands. Oh, that, I don't know how she did it. Just weaved it just right. And she built that little ark to protect her baby. And I tell you, that building that ark is something we'll all have to do in our lifetime. I'm, I'm closing right here and saying this, that uh, this ark that we have to build is not something that we need to take lightly. It's a great task and a great job. I, I remember going through my storm in life, and, and I'd, I'd go to God in prayer. I'd say, God, I may lose a ministry, but I do not want to lose my kids. I will fight tooth and claw for my kids. And my greatest job as a Christian is not in the pulpit. Now hear me. It's not in the pulpit. My greatest job is with my home and my family, my kids. If we lose our children, listen to me, we have lost the battle. If we lose our kids, listen, they may be go wayward every, every now and again. They may not live perfect. You show me a child of God that's perfect, then I, I guess we're, we're all in heaven, all right? I heard a preacher preach this evening, or this week. His uh, name was, uh, I never had met him before. His name was Wayne Ownby. He's from Sevierville, Tennessee. And he said this. He said, I'm sick and tired of this, uh, this uh, fundamental Baptist preachers walking around like a bunch of Pharisees thinking they're better than everybody else. My ears perked up. I said, hey man, I know those people. I know I've been treated bad by those people. I'm not against them as in the ministry, but I am against them how they treat people. Come on now, amen. We're, we're, listen, we're a family and we ought to take care of one another and take care of our children in the church and take care of each other in the work of God. I want to ask you this. I, I don't, we don't even have a piano player. It's almost 12 o'clock, and I preached long enough too long to get it. But I want to ask you, are you building your ark? Have you given up building your ark and get back to work? Get back to building. They said, ark of safety. There's, there's times when we have no control over what our circumstances are. And Tony, I... There's times when we just, we, we've done all that we can do and the rest is in God's hands. That's all we can do. And uh, <laughs> I intend to just say, God, I've done all I can do. It's yours. I, I, I've, Lord, you've given me these kids to raise and love and Eli pestered Sarah and Sarah picks at him and then Emmett's come along screaming his way around and Gretchen's going around telling them to be quiet, be still, quit peeking at one another, and I'm going, God, I'm doing all I can do. It's in your hands. But I, we're happy. Nine, ten, raise my kids. I, does anybody have anything you'd like to say? Eli, we're about done, son. 
Does anybody have anything you'd like to say? Amen.